This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I have two guests in the studio with me. One is Mayor Gary Bassett, the mayor of the village of Rhinebeck, New York. Mayor, good morning. Hey, good morning, Eliza. Thank you so much for inviting us here. Absolutely. My pleasure. And the other guest I have is Kathleen Marshall, Director of Program Services from Anderson Center for Autism. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> All right. Good to have the group back together. Um, I've interviewed you both separately on this show over the years. Kathleen, I think probably over a number of topics at various times. Yes. We've worked together for quite a long time. Um, and Mayor uh, Bassett, I've interviewed you once um, about the same thing that we're going to talk about today, which is this amazing collaboration between Anderson Center and the village of Rhinebeck um, and many, many um, residents and business owners and um, community members of Rhinebeck around the initiative in which, by which, Rhinebeck became an autism-supportive community. Yes, and I think it's one of the first autism-supportive communities in the region, which is so I think so, so too. It is, uh, we, we were proud to partner and to collaborate with, um, we meaning Anderson Center, uh, with, with you and uh, members of the committee that worked um, on this uh turning the village into an autism-supportive community. And when we did some research, we found some interesting stuff. We did find that there are communities all over parts of the world yes. who are doing yep. similar types of work. What I remember, um, and I've interviewed actually a couple of people who've been from those, from those communities, everybody does it a little differently. Yes. But the heart... And the purpose is very similar. That's the thread that runs throughout is really that it's a recognition that these are our people, that this is our community. And we don't want to be a community with shut doors. Many times it started very grassroots with one family saying, we need help, and one person saying, I have some time. I can help you. And and I know that at Rhyme, in Rhinebeck it was a little different, but one of the themes that runs through, and I'm a resident of Rhinebeck, um, I see it every day, is that there um, it already is a community of warmth and welcoming and, and very people-oriented. It's got that interesting mix of people who've lived there for generation upon generation upon generation, yes. and I could go on probably, right. <laughs> combined with it being a really significant tourist destination. And as you know, Rhinebeck, as since you live there is a very special place it it's a special place for lots of reasons and the fact that we partnered with anderson center on this collaboration has even made it more special if i can put it that way special in the terms that we are now opening up our doors to be inclusive to people who are on this individuals who are on the on the spectrum absolutely so now we have you know what started out as you know just the you know, what can we do for the village and how do we make it? How do we incorporate this in the village? The inspiration and the support that came out of the village showed us that we needed this. It was perfect for incorporating this collaboration in with the village. 
I agree. And I think it also reinforced something that I love and I love seeing it in action, which is when people realize that by doing the right thing, it makes you feel good. Um, There was this sort of very natural, very organic, I can do something and then they do it. And then it's like, oh, my God, I had no idea how good I was going to feel about doing this one thing. We also saw when we shared it on social media that um, it went crazy. I saw people commenting from (laughs) Buffalo, Syracuse, calling out their their villages and their town government saying, why aren't we doing this? Why isn't our police force have sensory kits and they're drunk? (laughs) It was. um, But I think, again, that's how that's how real change and lasting change happens. And and why not? Look at that video that we created as a result, as a way to promote what we accomplished as, you know, between. Anderson and the village of Rhinebeck. Absolutely. It really showcases what hashtag one thing can really do. Hashtag, way to go. We'd very, <laughs> my staff would be very proud uh, to hear you say that, the hashtag one thing. And that was really where it started. So um, let's go to you, Kathleen, for a minute just to go over some of the specifics in terms of what you saw and what your team um, and other members of this committee kind of saw as you were going into businesses who were saying, yes, I want to do one thing. What did you see? How did it work? First off, we saw people who wanted to jump on board, kind of following what you just said, because they knew it was the right thing to do, but they were a little apprehensive because they didn't really know what autism was. So um, the committee identified some goals, and I'm glad that they did that. One of the goals was to hold some open forums so that we could train the public and the business owners on what is autism and what does this mean for them as business owners and residents of of that community. So I think that was that got us the biggest bang for our buck, if you will, um, because really what the training shows is that first, these are people, mm-hmm. <laughs> number one, mm-hmm. and they are consumers. Mm-hmm. You know, people with autism need haircuts just like you and I do. They like to go shopping just like you and mm-hmm. I do. Um, so I think it was just kind of taking that stigma away for people and then giving them some language so they understood when someone with autism came in, you can talk to them just like you talk to everybody else. Right. Um, some people might need some more specific accommodations, like maybe lowering the music that's being played. I know I appreciate that. I'm kind of sensitive to that kind of noise when I go into a store and they're playing really loud music. I find it very hard to concentrate. So that might be an accommodation that they didn't even realize that they could make so easily. Mm-hmm. Or to just be open to people coming in and saying, hi, I'm here with my daughter who has autism. She's sensitive to noise. Would you mind lowering the volume? And they would understand and say, no problem. I can do that. Right. So really just equipping them with some knowledge mm-hmm. about autism and some of the very simple things that can be done to accommodate it. And did you find that uh, through those open forums and the conversations and the, some of the gu- guidance and training that followed, that there was also just a sense that people needed to be told by an expert that it was okay to talk about it. Yes, definitely. And okay to ask questions. Yeah, and I think it's just society in general. There, um, People are afraid to offend anyone. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, without, and it's hard sometimes for me to even fathom because I've been doing this for 35 years. Right. So I, I'm just immersed in it. Um, But someone from the outside, if you will, they don't have the language. So that was part of the training was just what's an okay thing to say? Is it okay to say a person with autism? Yeah, it is. Right. Or a person with special needs, because a lot of what we trained people on applies definitely to people with autism. But 
people with all different types of disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just an overarching theme um, for people to understand differences among all of us and that it's okay to talk about it. Absolutely. And also okay, I think, not to have all the answers. Correct. Um, I was just talking to, on this show, actually, I was just interviewing a woman who runs a program at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. And right at the end of our conversation, we were talking about how to register, how a family would register. And she was very clear to explain that there's going to be a series of questions that are asked of you, but you don't have to answer if you don't feel comfortable. And the questions were things like, is there anything we should know about your child? Is your child aggressive? Does your child have sensitivities to light or sound? And I kind of said to her, you know, I think it's great that you go out of your way to say that people don't have to answer because for some folks it's private. Mm -hmm. But for by and large, these are the questions that I think it's the other way around people who are raising a loved one on the autism spectrum by and large want people to ask them those questions they don't want to always have to find a way to bring it up in the conversation so i think that that to me when we're talking about creating an autism supportive community that's a huge part of it is bridging the communication gap to make it uh to to make it not stigmatizing to say yeah, there's a difference here, and I don't understand it completely. Yeah, and but it, that's and not me okay judging. To talk about that's it. just me saying I don't know. That yes. dialogue is now happening in the village. That's it's so ha- exciting. It, that dialogue's happening on the street. It's happening on the corner. It's happening mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. stores, and we're now a more open and inclusive community as a result of just what we've just done. Yeah, we were just talking uh, before we went on the air. We found out through Anderson Development Office, I believe, that uh, a family kind of associated with Anderson was at a local in in Rhinebeck, a local restaurant uh, with their daughter who is on the spectrum. And she was kind of getting a little antsy, making some noise, waiting for their lunch. And um, the parents were starting to get a little um, embarrassed and nervous that other people at at the restaurant might be getting upset with them and kind of being judgmental about what was happening. And one of the uh, people associated with the restaurant came over and said, you don't need to worry. We're autism friendly here. We're autism sensitive and everything's fine. And it made them feel just so welcomed at that particular restaurant, but just in in the village in general, that they are now definitely talking about this with others, um, and they want to come back and enjoy the rest that the village offers because that's the the first experience experience. they had. And they're sharing that experience, and and that word is spreading to other communities. And so as the word gets out, more people are going to be able to come to the village of Rhinebeck and they're going to know when they're walking down the street because they're going to see a little decal, a decal in every store window yes. or door of all the businesses that have stepped up to do one thing that says they're an autism friendly place. Absolutely. Right. And that I think you you made a great point there, um, Mayor Bassett, that families have often felt so isolated that this is such a huge step in the right direction to, to encourage families to just come out of their homes and to do more things in their communities and visit places like uh, the village of Rhinebeck. But one of the ways that they have shared information has gotten very underground, so to speak. Yes. It's all word of mouth. So right. that family 
and telling that story is impacting probably far more people than we'll ever know because they're connected to people who are still feeling isolated, not coming out, not asking where they can go. So, um, so that's another sort of, you know, intentional, but a little more subtle outcome, positive outcome of this work. Um, Kathleen and I were recently at an event where everybody that came to that event came to our table, knew someone who was on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. who had heard about what we did in the village of Rhinebeck. And it was far-reaching. These are people not really from around this area. They were not not from the village of Rhinebeck. Yeah, Yeah, so word of mouth, you're absolutely right, is working. That's great. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to hear about some of your experiences, Mayor Bassett, just walking around town and and what your thoughts are and, and feelings are about seeing such engagement in in your hometown. Um, Okay, so this is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. If you live, work, or frequently visit the Hudson Valley, you've probably passed by the sign for Anderson Center for Autism countless times. Have you ever wondered what our award-winning educational and residential program is all about? Well, let me shed some light. Ours is a place where evidence-based practices marry creative solutions, where students with autism learn how to communicate using whatever modality works best for them, where they learn independent living and vocational skills in nurturing environments, where their families enjoy visits full of special moments, where professionals come from all corners of the globe to obtain high-level training, where staff build rewarding careers, and where people develop lifelong connections. Learn more about our work optimizing the quality of life for people with autism by visiting us online at andersoncenterforautism.org. That's andersoncenterforautism.org. Or schedule a tour by calling us today at 845-889-4034. 845-889-4034. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and this morning I'm speaking to the mayor of the village of Rhinebeck, New York, Gary Bassett, and Kathleen Marshall, who is the director of program services at Anderson Center for Autism. Um, and we've been talking about uh, the recent identification of, of the village of Rhinebeck becoming the first autism supportive community in the region and, and sort of all that's gone on, um, or a summary, I should say, because there's no way to get into all that's gone on to have that happen. Um, but but Mayor Bassett, you not only are the mayor, you also have been a resident of, of Rhinebeck for many, many years. Yes, You've seen uh, a lot of changes happen in that village. Um, you're because you're in the, the you know, the, the because you're the mayor of the village and there's also a town um, government component. You've seen the interaction between all those players, the development of business, I'm sure the explosion of tourism and, and a lot of people who I, I'm getting to know who were raised in Rhinebeck, moved away, came back to Rhinebeck to raise their children. Um, So, you know, you've seen a lot and now you've seen this. And I wonder, as you walk through the village, as you go about your business, what is it like for you? You know, how do you how do you feel about the number of businesses that signed on to do one thing and and the number of businesses now who are saying, what's next? When do I get to get involved? Well, first, I want to thank all the businesses that have stepped up to do one thing. Sixty percent of the businesses in the village of Rhinebeck had made that commitment to support people, individuals on the autism spectrum, which is phenomenal. So 
you can see from the beginning that this was something that was genuinely needed. And the inspiration and that came from the committee that, that led to this, the support that we gave them and the training we got from Anderson uh, helped us to develop this program and pass it to everybody. We had many events and that those events, we trained over 250 people, wow. increased the awareness. And so it's not only the businesses, we stepped out beyond the businesses and training people to now understand and be more and be aware of what it is for one in 59 to be on, this, on the spectrum today. Absolutely. And so what we're looking for is helping those businesses and thanking them mm-hmm. for making the village of Rhinebeck. Who, it, that's a special place to even be better, yeah. right? And be more inclusive in supporting people on the spectrum. Sure. So we're proud of the outpouring of support and the inspiration that came. The feedback that we got is telling us that they want us to continue. They mm-hmm. want us to do more. They want us to be able to expand and work and make this program sustainable for the future. Okay, so that's a really great segue into the fact that we, when we first got uh, funding for this um, initiative from the Thomas Thompson Trust, which is a Rhinebeck local um, foundation yes, that does incredibly great work in a number of areas um, and very predominantly localized to, to Rhinebeck, we presented this as a project in phases. So we've completed phase one. Right. Yes, we have. Excellent. Well done. Um, but there is no, you know, phase one usually is not a standalone phase. There's usually a phase two. Right. So, Kathleen, what um, what are we looking to do specifically um, in phase two? And then we'll talk a little bit about what it's going to take from our surrounding community, the autism community, foundations out there, grant opportunities to help us make that happen. What, what do we want to do for phase two? Well, the committee is has identified some targeted goals. So they want to increase. Gary mentioned that 60% of the businesses signed on. So obviously we want to expand that. We want to grow that number higher um, and inch towards 100%. That would be a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Um, we want to continue to offer training and education about autism spectrum disorder to businesses. So maybe there were people who weren't able to come to any of the forums last year. We'd like to hold some more open forums. So it's not just the business owners. It's any who would like to be a part of this initiative. We had someone come from Kingston last year who volunteered. She said, I want to be a part of this. I'm so excited about it. So it's really anybody who wants to learn more about autism um, but also may want to be a part of this initiative. So we need funding for those types of events as well. So let's be really clear because there are committee members um, on the Autism Supportive Community Committee, which is a mouthful, but I I said it once. I may not say it again. Today, and and that is really a group of people who, by and large, are donating their time, yes. um, and their expertise all, in various all, areas. It's all everybody's a volunteer on this committee, exactly. However, when it comes to the actually running the the open forums, providing the training, um, there is cost associated with that. I yes. just I think that it's important for our listeners to hear if they're considering tr- supporting this in a in a, a financial manner mm-hmm. that that there are costs associated with not only the materials that are 
are eventually provided to the uh, businesses that might be creating sensory kits or replacing lighting in their in their office building or opening themselves up on a normally closed afternoon as a sensory safe space so that more people with autism can come in and enjoy the amazing variety of community events that go on in Rhinebeck. So that's really where a lot of the funding is necessary. Right. Um, you can't rely, well, volunteers are amazing people and you really can't say enough about about what they're doing. There are real costs associated with yes. this. With yes, this we, want to, we want to create a guide for people, mm-hmm. you know, in some format that when somebody comes to Village of Rhinebeck, you know, they have a guide that, that will direct them to businesses that are supportive of autism and will tell them what those businesses have to offer, which is really a Right. What great are the supports thing. that they've identified right. business to business? What a gift. Yeah, what a gift for a family who just wants to get away for a beautiful weekend right. Right. or even enjoy their home community and feels like they can't, they're not allowed. I also want to talk about the events. Yeah. You know, the Village of Rhinebeck has many events. Yes. (laughs) uh, And many events that we're all very proud to have. And one of the things we offer and we're going forward, we've been doing in the past, is having a sensory safe space, Mm -hmm. which is unique Mm -hmm. to be able to have that for people to be able to go and be able to get away for a little bit when they need to get away. So we're looking forward to having a sensory safe space for every event that's held in the village of Rhinebeck. Mm-hmm. And we want to make that part of our event application. Now with that comes training. Ah, so you talk cool. about you talk about where some of that financial money can go. It can be directed towards training people to staff these sensory safe spaces, which is so important. Absolutely, because it's the space is one thing, but having people there who understand what right. it is that what yes. their role is in helping that person stay and utilize the sensory safe space is another thing, and also marketing those things and making sure yeah. people are aware of it. Like you said, a guide. Um, can you quickly tell the story? There was there was a parade there was an event that happened during phase one where i think a family told yes. you that yes. it was the very first it, time it was the holiday parade them, right which which was a year ago when yeah. we kicked off this event and we were able to secure a, a space right on the parade route on east market street and we had four families that came to our sensory safe space and because they heard about the advertising that we did mm. one of those families was the first time they were able to bring their family and bring their children to a parade in the village of Rhinebeck. How awesome. Yeah. It was, I spoke with them personally and they had attempted to bring their child to various parades. He was, I think he was about 11 years old and it never ended well. He, he just became overwhelmed with the sights and the sounds. But this time he was able to come into the sensory safe space, watch the parade. He did get uh, brave and he wanted to try and go out and he did. They Mm -hmm. supported him in that. He went out on the, the, the curb and he realized it's still too much for him and he was able to come back still watch the parade everybody was happy and mom and dad were actually crying because this was the first time he actually stayed the whole time for a parade right Right. so any other kids with that family got to also experience yes they got to enjoy it exactly it's so huge and those are the stories where i'm getting chills now those are always the stories that give me chills because it's the things that a lot of people don't think about right and it's also in many ways you know there's work involved in there's thought involved, but it's simple stuff. 
um, sometimes we tend to overthink yeah. what, you know, not everybody has to become an expert in autism to do the right thing. No. Sometimes you just have to become an expert in doing the right thing. And have the, so have, the, aware, have yes. the awareness. And yeah. That's what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Increase the awareness and make it available to everybody. Well, I think that there is no better cause than that. So um, let me just say from a um, perspective of of funding right now in order to get to phase two, which you just heard about, um, we do have a match grant going on where we have been challenged to raise uh, a certain amount of money to um, to, in order to receive more grant funding for this. And I I completely understand why It, it is a great cause. It is having a a wonderful positive impact on a community and visitors to that community. So the reach is broad. It's direct. It's clear. It's relatively simple thing to do. Um, And so we're asking right now for people, if you're interested in supporting this program and, or you want to learn more about it, you can get in touch with Kathleen Marshall at Anderson center for autism. You can get in touch with the development office at Anderson center where I work. um, And you can make a contribution online. You can put a note in there saying this is directly to to support the right. Rhineback Village of Rhineback Autism Supportive Community Project Phase Two, or if you write <laughs> any of those words, we will know what you yes. mean. Right. And if you have questions, then you want to get in touch with uh, with Mayor Bassett at the Please village. Please do reach He's out. Available. Um, I think you get all those perspectives, and also come visit. Come visit come Rhineback. Visit. Be there. Go yourself. to one of the go to one right. of the visit the the businesses that has the sticker on the front. Walk in and say, "Hey, I want to know why you got involved in doing this, mm-hmm. or I want to see what this is all about." Believe me, they are are proud to talk about it. Yes. They yes. are very proud yes. to talk about it, and they'll share with you all of their reasons for getting involved. So we're looking forward to making this a sustainable effort. Excellent. Well, hopefully all of our listeners are, too. I know Anderson Center for Autism is in it for the long haul. We wanna, we're want to we thrilled to have partnered with you and uh, want to keep that going because it's been a, real, a really living, breathing a unique way of living our mission to optimize the quality yes. of life for people with autism. Yes. It's so cool that it's happening right up the road from our main yeah. campus. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. Thank you, Mayor Bassett and Kathleen Marshall. We appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Yes. Have a great day. You too. This is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.